to a podcast about something where each week we dive deep into whatever it is we find interesting. I'm your host, Calvin, and joining me, going hard in the paint, is your co-host, Nick Richardson. Going hard in the motherfucking paint. Short white dude going hard in the paint. You know, short white dudes are great power forwards in high school. Too bad I wasn't. <laughs> well, I can't help you there. But what I can do is we can provide our listeners with some thoughts on our favorite power forwards to ever play in the NBA. Because oh, that's what yeah. we're here for today. That's oh, what Nick's yeah. been waiting for, finally into the big men. Seriously, I mean, these are my people. You know, we, we announced last week that the podcast is coming to an end in a few months, and we had promised several weeks ago when we did the episode on small forwards that we would be finishing this year. So we got power forwards this month, and we got centers in a couple months. Uh, but before we're done, we will have all five positions, so you will know all of our favorite players. Except Nick's favorite point guards, because he, he wasn't here for that episode. There was a special guest for that one. That's all right, I'm not. Fuck those so, guys. Before Nick's time here. Yeah. That's hard to say, because I've been here a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you have. Good, good uh, two-thirds, at least, of the uh, episodes have featured Nick, so. There we Woo! Go. But a hundred percent of the episodes have featured me, so. <laughs> and I'm the shit. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start by defining what is the NBA, in case anybody just like randomly clicked on this and has no idea what the hell's going on in the world. What's the NBA, Nick? It's the Nice Booty Awards. Yep. And it's where power forwards are the ones with the real powerful badonkadons. We will be talking exclusively about Zion Williamson for the rest of this podcast. He fits both categories. You think Zion Williamson has a nice booty? He thick. <laughs> he a thick boy. Exploding shoes. I mean, you have to be thick to explode goddamn Nikes. <laughs> so the NBA is actually the National Basketball Association, uh, which is the premier professional basketball league in the world. Which is actually pretty cool because I like to – I love that the NFL says they're world champions, and it's like, dog – we are the only, only people that play this. <laughs> I mean, they, they play those games in London, though, in the Mexico City game. So, I mean, we're traveling the world. Like, Mexico and London is the goddamn world. <laughs> Canada? I mean, oh, no, we don't go to Canada. No, yeah, Afghanistan. So a, like, third world countries have soccer teams. At least the NBA, you and know, they... Basketball they, teams. We, the NBA spans at least two countries. You know, we got... There's Ameri uh, USA teams and Canadian teams... Uh, I guess one Canadian team now. There used to be Vancouver, but it's just Toronto now. Holding holding true for Canada. I mean, that would um, suck to have, like, one team for a whole continent. Whole continent. Uh, God damn it. It's the concussion it's just, talking, you know. <laughs> Nick was concussed earlier, so uh, when he gets his Ant hot Antoine Walker takes out here, you guys just chalk it up to that. That's why I said soccer, too. I thought of that yeah. afterwards. I was like, God, I sound dumb as fuck. Steel beams, y'all. Watch out for them. <laughs> so, Nick, what what's a power forward? A power forward is the four. Yeah, they got the nicest booty on the court. I mean, really. they're thick boys. That They're like, all right, you stand here, be thick. And Sean Kemp's, your Charles Barkley's, all of them just thick daddies. Usually, like, the most athletic people on the court or just freaks of fucking nature. Um, Mid-range jumpers, you know, the occasional three – assisting in the paint, often sliding the center. They're mm -hmm. just they're a, a true utility player. Yeah. 
usually your second biggest guy, you know, on the court, not necessarily always, you know, you got to have that combo of speed, agility, size, and power. Got to have all four of those things. Yeah. Power forwards are usually nasty. nasty here. Get nasty. It sounds like a fucking porno. We got thick boys and nasty. Right. Yeah, we're talking about thick daddies, nice booty <laughs> awards. Getting getting nasty over here. Yeah, that's we're going the one way here. Uh so the power forward over the last thirty years or so, from from well, even into the eighties, you know, it was one thing. And then through the nineties it changed a little bit. And then the two thousands it changed a little bit more. And then in these last five to seven years it's changed even more. What, in your mind, what have you seen in those changes? I mean, it's really gone from, like, a, a mainly a defender who you didn't really mm-hmm. count on for much scoring. Well, I, I mean, Larry Bird was a power forward. Uh, no, he's a small forward, Calvin. That's why I chose him last time. I guess. I mean, it's, it comes first in his position listing, so there. Right. Wikipedia wins. NBA uh, Live would always list him as a power forward when he would play at the uh, the classic teams. So, NBA, I guess NBA Live wins. It's like rock, paper, pretty scissors. sweet at NBA Live. So, yeah. check out last week's episode on gaming for more of my awesome uh, NBA Live skills. Oh fuck yeah! Uh, but yeah, I mean they've they've kind of gradually become that utility player as more has been asked of them as every other position on the court's changed. Yeah, well the game the game you're right the game overall has changed. I, I think. In the 80s, it was, right, you're a defender, you're almost an enforcer out there. Yeah. You're the guy that gets sent out there to throw bows. In the 90s, there was still a lot of that, but we started to see a shift of two athleticism. Like, you would have that that bruiser mentality, but there would be athleticism behind it now. It wasn't just the big white dude throwing bows because he's strong. It wasn't your Bill Lambeer down there anymore. It was now Sean Kemp, Larry Johnson, Dennis Robin, Charles Barkley, these guys who were were big, but they were also fast and ferocious. You know, they, they were... Freaks, man. Freakishly yeah. strong and just these guys were the enforcer mentality was awesome. It's like, okay, they're picking on your point guard, you go fuck with them. They can yeah. jump through the gym and pretty much every guy every guy you just named can out jump like anyone else on the court, respectively, except for Rodman and Barkley. But but Rodman and Barkley made up for that in their tenacity. Like they would they the were they were leaders in rebounds and blocks. Uh they played good defense. And then, you know, in the 90s, we started to see, and even the early 2000s, these guys could all score pretty much anywhere from 15 feet in. And then as the 2000s moved into the 2010s and the 2020s, that that range moved back. You know, they can they can now score from further away. And we've seen really the full transition to the stretch four, which is what most people are looking for. Um, and, and that's just the way the game has evolved. Most teams necessitate the stretch four now. If you've got two big bruisers down in the paint, you're not going to win very many games. No, you're just going to get a million penalties, you know, fouls. a million fouls. There you go. <sighs> They're still, still in soccer mode for some reason. A football mode. Uh, well, I mean, something I forgot to mention is power forwards back in the day were underrated passers. Like, that was another aspect of their game that they were excellent at, and I feel like that's kind of fallen by the wayside a little that's bit. That's fallen off for the power forwards, but next week when we talk about centers, I think we'll, we'll realize there's a lot of good passing centers nowadays. They got to, man. Got to be good dishers. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, now power forwards, they can hit threes. They'll stretch out the defense, you know, so the opposing teams, they're left with only one big man in the paint. So your point guards and your uh, 
your slashers, they can get to the bucket and they can slash and kick a lot easier because they're not going, you know, they're not going in there and getting demolished by the Davis brothers or, you know, a combination of Charles Barkley and Hakeem Elijah one. Like they're, they're going in and it's just Joel Embiid standing there and you can, you can get around Joel if you really want to. I mean, you can, but. Or you can kick out to the wide open stretch four now. There you go. And they'll actually, you have confidence. They'll actually hit the shot. Andrea Bargnani all day, man. I don't even know who that is. He was, uh, he was like the the Darko Milicic successor. Do you remember Darko Milicic? Uh, he was he was one of the biggest busts in draft history. He was taken like third overall in I want to say 2002 by the Pistons, and he was supposed to like ring in this new stretch four. He could shoot, he could move, and he could pass. All these things we're talking about, and he was just awful. So then a couple years later, Andrea Bargnani comes to the league and uh, he was drafted by Toronto but much later in the draft because everybody was afraid that he was the next Darko Milicic and he actually turned out to be like a pretty successful player I mean that dude probably worked 50 times harder just because he's like oh I can't I can't be that guy yeah can't, can't be can't be the next Darko just outworked everybody yeah uh so we're gonna move into the five but really six fundamental somethings about NBA power forwards and these are uh just gonna be our six your three, my three personal favorites that we like to watch or emulate. Uh, not necessarily the best power forwards we've ever seen. So keep that in mind as we go through this. Right. You get to go first. I get to go first. And I think, son of a before bitch. you go, I think this is my least talented list so far. Like, this is the worst group of players I could put together, I think, out of all the other positions we've done. Really? I thought yeah. I was, I was fucking basking in it here. You'll, I mean, you'll see when I start picking my guys that I, I went for a very specific type of player that I like to watch that may have not been the most productive players in their over their careers. Calvin's like, I love the bench warmers. They were the best. They just no, so they're, great they're all there. starters. Uh, they, just, they just weren't your most efficient starters. <laughs> I told you, Andrea Bargnani, Ray Flafrentz. I got some of him on here. Oh, fuck. Here we go. All <laughs> right. All these Euros. All right, so go Number for your one. first one. Number one, I'm going to have, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I have several Bulls players on this list. And my first is Carlos Boozer. The beard. Fucking loved Carlos Boozer. Dude, Carlos Boozer was so fun. He he was an underrated passer and just an underrated rebounder. That dude got no love because he wasn't really a great jumper, but he was fantastic at using his body to box people out. Yeah, he's like Charles Barkley. Uh, Charles Barkley could out jump everyone around him. Yeah, but Charles Barkley is also six four. I thought he's like six seven. No, nah. <laughs> he's not. We're going to look at like look bro. if you're ever watching NBA on TNT, and him and Shaq happen to be standing next to each other, like look at that height discrepancy, and then look at the height discrepancy between Barkley and Barkley um, six Kenny six. Smith. Nah, that's program height. That shit doesn't count. Dog, it says right there on fucking. I'm looking right. <laughs> Program height doesn't count. He's six six. He played power forward. He did. All right, so let's let's talk about Carlos Boozer, not Charles Barkley. Carlos Boozer, though, uh, I was really pumped when he came to the Bulls because I thought his career with the Jazz was pretty solid. I mean, he he basically drug a dead body Jazz team further on. I don't really recall them making the playoffs all that much, but they were at least relevant. Yeah. Those, those early 2000s jazz teams, because that was after the Stockton Malone days. I, I don't know that they, they probably made a couple runs at it, 
Uh, but then he got kind of replaced by Paul Millsap, who then got replaced by uh, what's his name, Derek Favors. So yeah, they they've Favors. always they've had a solid contingent of power forwards in Utah throughout their uh, throughout their run because you got Malone, and then you go to Boozer, and then you got Andre Karolinko in there for a little while. I'm just pulling all these power forwards out of my ass all of a sudden. I don't even know where it's coming from. <laughs> He's like, I'm a genius. Uh, but yeah, I love the way Carlos Boozer used his body to really box people out and dominate the paint. He was excellent at just those second chance rebounds. Mm-hmm. Love scratch player. Oh, he was he was pretty he was just ridiculously strong too. I mean, he was listed at 258 as his playing weight, and I mean at what six seven six six. Yeah, he wasn't very big either. Six nine. Jesus. Uh, you know, he really he wasn't like super swole or anything, but he was just a naturally strong dude tough as nails and hella nasty in the paint not to mention he really wasn't drafted highly overall he was drafted in the second round by the Cavs and you know I just loved when he came to the Bulls it was really fun to watch him because I really started I remember it pretty well it was in 2013 oh god here we do the math I was in Colorado watching game one at a bar with my buddy of the heat bowls matchup oh and, yeah that was a that was a good series well i mean he scored 31 and had like seven rebounds he's the only lifeline uh might have been game two come on now it, joe kim noah was out there joe kim noah the ugliest man on fucking planet earth uh, we're gonna talk about joe kim noah on the centers don't worry about that actually but, we'll talk about him a little today too well I w- oh, we'll talk about him but uh yeah i i was all about carlos boozer after that and not to mention, especially after LeBron got put on Derrick Rose in Game Two and just completely ground that t- that Bulls team down. But Boozer made Chris Bosh look like a bitch, dude. He bullied the fuck out of him in Game One, and I was all Chris Bosh another great power forward. Yeah, I mean Chris Bosh is is nasty too. Helped revolutionize the stretch four. I mean, without him, I don't think it would be where it is. Because of that Heat team, where him and Wade and LeBron all teamed up like that. That really and made side teams and... see that you could have your power forward standing out on the three-point line all game. Now, it was shitty for Bosch because Bosch was a much, much better player than stand in the corner and wait for LeBron or Wade to pass it to you, but it, it showed that it could be done. He did the dirty work. Emulating. He, I... he did when he could, but a lot of times on offense, you, you go back and watch some of those games, like you'll see Bosch is just standing out there waiting for uh, a Something. slashing kick from LeBron or Wade. Yeah. Or God forbid, Mario Chalmers. <laughs> God forbid. I like Carlos Boozer. That's a good pick. Yeah, Boozer was. Uh, he actually is one of those dudes that gave me a little confidence to just shave my head when I started going bald, too. Because I started going bald young at, like, 23, 24. Um, yeah, you got to do it. I, I just I owned it, man. Shaved my head. I tried to grow a beard that was half decent like that, but I can't grow a beard for shit. My, my my head shave is coming soon. I probably got maybe two good years left in me. They go quick, man. Yeah. Get you a good oh. razor. That's my best advice. So I'm going to get my most egregious pick out of the way first. Hit me. Josh Smith. Jay Smooth. Oh, no, dude. Oh. Love Jay Smooth. Josh Smith. That dude was so nasty. Oh, he is. We're going to talk about him. I fucking hated how dirty he was sometimes. I don't even know if he was really dirty. He was just kind of a bully i think you're thinking of joe smith am i thinking of joe smith yeah joe smith was like a big bruiser kind of guy josh smith was a dunker 
Hawks. Who played, he played for the Hawks. The Hawks. No, I'm thinking of the same dude. All right. I don't know that he was ever dirty, but I'm I, not saying. I let me let me rephrase. Not a dirty player. He was, he was a bully in the sense that he would fucking dominate yes. other people. Yes, that's, that's more so very true. Uh, there was something about those like 05 to 09 Atlanta Hawks teams. I loved them. Uh, you know, they were that was my squad in NBA Live. That again, go back and listen to last week's episode to to hear more about how great I was. But they were trying to they were <laughs> trying to fi- they were trying to find a way to emulate that seven seconds or less Suns team, but they had nowhere near as much talent. So on these teams, they had Josh Smith, they had Josh Childress in there a little bit. Uh, Jeff Teague was there. Mike uh, Giddey, yeah, fuck yeah, I love Marvin Jeff Williams. Teague. They brought in Joe Johnson from the Suns. Uh, Al Horford, Tyron Lue was there for a couple years. These teams were wild, uh, but they were very entertaining. They, that, were, they all had great players to watch. Teague was super fun yeah. to watch. Bibby I was loved great. watching Josh Childress too. Like he's like a six eight. He's got the afro. Uh, he, he's played point guard, even though uh, he was like six eight. He was not very good, uh, but he was fun to watch. He's wilding, man. Yeah, I remember those. Uh, was that when you were in Georgia? Like China. Huh? Was that when you were in Georgia? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and they made up for their lack of shooters with extra speed and jumping ability. And that mostly, like, Josh Smith came with that 100%. He could touch the top of the backboard, I swear Oh, God. very easily. Uh, you know, I, I think... Part of what, and, and this kind of carries over into real life, but part of what made me so good at NBA Live with those teams is that everyone was so quick on defense in the game and also in real life. So you could just, like, time these blocks perfectly, and then, you, you know, I'd use the off-ball control and run Smith down and just get a highlight alley-oop every time. And, like, that's what the Hawks were doing in real life, is, like, they would just be speedy around the ball, get these weird steals or blocks that no one would see coming, and then, boom, they'd get an alley-oop on the other end. And at one point, the, the Hawks, they tried to brand themselves as the quote-unquote highlight factory, um, kind of trying Oof. to follow in the footsteps of the human highlight reel Dominique Wilkins, who, I mean, he should probably be mentioned here as well as one of the great power forwards. But I feel like we probably didn't go back that far. Mm, nope. But I do love Dominique Wilkins. Great dunker. Um, and like you said, Josh Smith could just jump out of the gym. Like, there's no other way to put it. And he wasn't afraid to show it off in games and then he also made some appearances in dunk contests he he won in 05 in his rookie season then he appeared again in 06 doing some really crazy shit so in 05 he invented the jump over some dude while catching an alley-oop and he invented the now super played out tribute dunk where uh you know you put on the jersey of the other guy and try and do one of their dunks so he donned dominique wilkins number 21 jersey and threw down just a monster windmill as an homage to Dominique. And then, you know, uh, on one of his earlier dunks, he had Kenny Martin sitting in a chair. And I just watched all these today. That's why they're so fresh. But he had <laughs> Kenny Martin. And, and like, I, I remember, once I, like, see these, I remember watching oh, yeah. the dunk contest live because I love the dunk contest. So Kenny Martin sitting in a chair. He bounces the ball up. Smith grabs out of the air and then, like, just floats over Kenny Martin and windmill jams it again. Uh, it, it's just it's amazing to watch these um that that 05 dunk contest in particular because something that happened in that one was he didn't miss any of the dunks he got four dunks made all of them on the first try which is huge in a dunk contest uh the two i didn't mention he was like it was like an almost free throw line just monster tomahawk his his foot was one inch in front of the free uh free throw line which throughout history all these free throw line dunkers dr j michael jordan uh, I think Dwight Howard tried it. Blake Griffin tried it. All these guys, none of them have been 
behind the line. I think Zach Levine's the only one who was actually behind the line. Yeah, um, that dude can fucking jump through the gym, too. So, anyone who, like, tries to take points away for, like, oh, he stepped on the line, is like, yeah, everybody did. Jordan did, Dr. J did, everybody did it. It's fine. It's still cool. Yeah, it's still, I Vince mean, you're Carter, fine, like, Vince Carter stepped feet. on the line, uh, but Josh Smith, like, just, he flew so high and just came down with a left-hand tomahawk, and then his, his last dunk was, like, this reverse 360 left-hander where he kind of was fading away from the basket. The the whole performance in my mind is a top ten dunk contest performance, which I have to go is, back and rewatch yeah, that. It's it's good. Go go on YouTube. But his 06 appearance was uh was not nearly as good. Uh this is the one where he put down a piece of tape, like seventeen feet from the rim on the elbow. Like he was about to jump from that piece of tape, and then he missed that spot by about four feet. Uh, <laughs> and it was one of the lamest dunk contest dunks ever. Because like he he made this big show of putting the piece of tape down where he's going to jump from. It's two feet behind the free throw line. It was off to the side. Everybody's like, oh, he's going to jump. He's going to dunk from that far. And then, like, he was, like, nine feet away from the rim when he jumped. And it's like, okay, that was nothing. That was nothing? Jesus, Calvin. <laughs> it, it was, like, just a regular dunk. It was like he was on a breakaway, and he just went up and dunked it. Nine feet. That's ridiculous. Dude, soars like a fucking hawk, man. Uh, so yeah, he was never really great, uh, like in games, but he was always a solid role player. Um, incredibly fun to watch. Um, and, and then the game kind of changed to all these three point shooting stretch fours and he was left in the dust. Um, and like, even he tried to stretch the floor and he could with his quickness off the dribble and his jumping ability, he just could not shoot whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Like he made probably like eight threes throughout his career. Yeah. That used oh, but he'd to not shoot him. Be... <laughs> gotta give it to him at least he's trying because like what while i was while i lived in Georgia, like i was trying to be a hawks fan at that time and like josh smith was my favorite player i was like trying to like really like him and every time he'd shoot a three it's just one of those no 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 what what are you doing what are you doing it's like bears fans with true yeah it's like just run the ball dude like come on don't throw that 35 yarder you won't make it and then, so, the one of the best things about Josh Smith, this is my last thing, is he was the judge of the 2020, or he was a judge in the 2021 dunk contest, this one that just passed, and he was just out there not giving anyone good score. He was just not impressed with anything. Everybody, All the other judges would give a 9, he'd give a 7. All the other judges would give a 10, he's giving a 9. He was not there for anyone's shit. He's like, nah, I could still go out there and beat all these guys in the dunk contest, because this, this year's dunk contest was a little lame, so. That's what I was hearing at work, is everybody's like, it was fucking bullshit yeah it was it was rough uh it, it wasn't very good and I, I, like josh smith you could see every time he put his little score up he'd kind of just be rolling his eyes over there like he was bored it's like you're whack as fuck y'all step your game up so yeah jay smooth is my first pick jay smooth he's not great but i love him. it's not i mean that's that's what this is all about exactly sometimes players aren't the best in the world you know uh, not everyone came to, to lebron yeah, literally no one. <laughs> There's literally no one. All right, so who was your second pick? My second pick, and this is my honest-to-God favorite player of all time, Dennis Rodman. Specifically, 95-96, right. when he came to the Bulls after Horace Grant left in free agency. Um, he was the guy who I emulated my game off the most because I can't shoot for shit. Like, I'm, I'm one of those people that tries my hardest and I'll throw the ball 30 yards behind the basket and 10 yards to the left. I just, mm -hmm. I 
don't know how to shoot for some reason. I tried the arch. I tried all that stuff. But I was a rebounding Beef. machine. Balance, elbow, eyes, follow through. You Beef. say that like I'm going to go out here and start making Shot prep. fucking swishes. Um, no, I was ter- I was reliable within like three feet of the basket. <laughs> like I'll get those in, but I'll snatch every board down. And I was a, I was a pretty good passer in the paint. I remember my dad, because I grew up a Bulls fan, obviously, and I, I remember my dad, he was my coach quite a few times, and he's just like, Nick, I love you, but you're not a great shot, son. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, I'm not. And so he's actually the one who really turned me on to Dennis Rodman full-time, because I was obviously a Jordan's fan. Jordan he's, fan. He's like, Nick, you suck. Watch this guy. He also sucks, Basically, but you I could mean, be like him. He'd be like, son, I'm try- we're trying to win the game. Do not take that pass and so, shoot yeah, the ball. Yeah, just grab give the rebounds, give it to somebody else. Literally. It, I mean, he's like, because I See was... Jesse uh, over there? Jesse is your Michael Jordan. You give him the ball. Literally, in Tremaine. Tremaine was a hell of a ball player. He actually went on to play D1 basketball. Shout out Tremaine. Yeah, he's Going a good to DePaul. dude. And uh, he... Yeah, he was basically like... So, so he'd start telling me stories about watching Dennis Rodman live and stuff like that and how fun he was to watch, how ridiculous he was at jumping through the gym mm. and his ability to just snag boards was unreal, man. And he had the uncanny ability to just pop off when it mattered. Like when Yeah, I'm his thinking, hands had magnets in him for the ball. Like they really did. He There's... and he had absolute like heart and motor. That dude mm. played harder than anyone else on the court pretty much every night unless he just got done banging Carmen Electra six times. You know, yeah, you know, there. that's okay. They still won the championship. That's okay that he wasn't there. Yeah, but my dad had a couple recorded games for, that I would rewatch when we you know, didn't have cable. One was in 97 versus the Bucks, and he finished the game with 16 points, 26 boards, one assist. i tell you right and, now, those late 90s Bucks teams were bad. Yeah, they were fuck. They weren't that great, but 26 boards—that is. Yeah, that's insane. Dude, that's unreal. He was a seven-time NBA rebounding champion from '92 to '98, seven in a row, and he was six foot seven. So obviously, I'm not six foot seven, but no. I I played real hard for a chubby little fat kid, and I snagged them boards, and I was a damn good passer, and I flailed my legs just as much as Rodman. So boom. I, Nick I, is the new Dennis Rodman. We're just gonna call him Rodman for the rest of this, uh, for the rest of our run here. Nick the Rodman. Nick the Rodman Richardson. There you go. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it so much. <laughs> but that's a very bad nickname. Last thing I gotta mention though about Dennis Rodman is when he played against Charles Barkley when he was on the Pistons and Barkley was on the Sixers. That was the only dude that was out rebounding Charles Barkley mm-hmm. and. I don't know. His, I was going to say, you said 92 to 98. Barkley was still in the league and pretty productive during half of that time. Oh, he was he was still a really good ball player. Yeah. I mean, the fact that Rodman could just – his pure athleticism was insane. And just a great facilitator, too. His his passing ability, really underrated. Yeah. I, I agree with every point you made. I've got nothing to add on Dennis Rodman. Um you I'm know, sure everyone's I seen, heard, you know, The Last Dance, so. Yeah, and, well, so, a lot of people had problems with him because he was so outrageous off the court. Man, I don't give a fuck. You wear a dress, you you can suck all the dick you want, man, whatever. I don't care. 
Well, I was, you're like, a I was like, saying, you know, nine to to twelve during those that that second three peat, and so, you know, I I I didn't know everything that was going on with Rodman. You know, I I didn't oh, yeah, understand I didn't. the Comer Comer Electra mm -hmm. stuff or the the wearing the dress and all of that. But like, I I would just hear all these people talk shit about him. I'm like, he's good at basketball, and his hair is colored differently every game. Like, I I don't know why people are mad at this guy. And even, like, now that I know the other stuff, and it's like, yeah, okay, running away from your team for a week is bad, but the That's other stuff going, like, he would still show up to play every other time then other than that time that he ran away for seemingly his mental health or that that's what the last dance made it seem like is he needed a mental health break yeah and, absolutely. Uh, but he just didn't tell anyone like my, my only thought there is okay you got you gotta tell phil jackson that you're like look i gotta be out zen master you understand how the uh, fuck you could not say that with michael jordan within a hundred well, michael feet. jordan would come and beat the fuck out of him but oh, he i think would... i feel like you could tell phil jackson on it they needed I... they needed texting back then that was not a thing back then where you're like, man, I'm, I'm just not having a good yeah, mental health day. And be like, you're a professional, dude. You need to get the fuck out there and play that's ball. I don't give a true. shit. You can uh, hang yourself after the game, Rodman, but you go out there and snag me 20 boards or else. On the 20th board, just hang just hang up there by your neck. You'll be fine. Fuck. <laughs> that took a dark turn. But, <laughs> yeah, let's I mean, move away from that. But I, you're right there. But that that's never what people were talking about. People weren't talking about that he disappeared for a week. People were talking about the being in tabloids and wearing a dress and the the different colored hair and the nose rings and things like that and people just didn't like him because you he's know scandalous. he broke the status quo of, of what they wanted to look at and you know he's him and Allen Iverson are probably the two biggest reasons of the the NBA dress code coming in the early 2000s right where they all have to wear suits and all this bullshit that David Stern put in at the time uh, I, I would like to think Rodman had a lot to do with that yeah probably I mean, it was. I mean, Iver Iverson gets most of the blame because it was happening as Iverson was at the the pinnacle of his popularity. But I think like. And that's saying. Dennis Rodman had to start rolling that stone down the hill. I mean, I don't think I Iverson would have done that because it, it was basically be squeaky clean and shut the fuck up and play ball. Yeah. I don't think the NBA has really become more inclusive and accepting of you know other cultures and and stuff like that until Adam Silver became. You know the commissioner. Stern, the late Stern years, he was kind of starting to make that push. That's I think he, uh, he, just he was starting to realize it, and, and I think also I think Adam fair. Silver had a lot more. Um, he had a lot more power at that time too. Like he was the VP at the time, and I think he was making a lot of those pushes and, and, and kind of telling Stern like, "Look, this is the way we need to go." And I think Stern had his ear and and was really listening at the time, uh, because he knew. I think there was for several years. I think it, it was pretty well known that silver was going to be the next guy yeah i think he's done a great job oh absolutely, absolutely. I'd, I'd, great. yeah i would really wish the nfl would get an adam silver or just or just a not roger goodell, yeah, roger goodell. Uh, so champ. my next pick is going to be the best one on this list there's no arguing actually oh, there's, there's one argument you could make uh but i don't think you're going to make it and it's kevin garnett oh you motherfucker <laughs> Did you have Garnett too? I did have Garnett. Well, all right, let's so just dual talk about Kevin Garnett. Well, yeah, but let's save him for last then, because he's he's your third guy, right? Yeah. Okay, so let me do my other guy, and then we'll come back to KG. All right. Because I've got a lot on KG. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so my last guy is Amari Stoudemire. 
I fucking love Amari Stoudemire love from the Suns. Suns Amari Stoudemire, yes. Dude, uh, if he perfect. just didn't get injured so much, yep. man, he would be he would well, be. Well, he blew out his knee, and then he never came back really fully from that. And I was watching his highlights, and he actually – I was surprised with how many were from his Knicks days. There were more than I expected. Late, from later in his career? Knicks. Well, that was – so he blew out his knee in like 06, I want to say. And then uh, he was on the Suns for maybe one more season, and then he went to the Knicks. But he he wasn't in the league that like I think he came in in '02 or '03. Yeah, he really wasn't around a, a no. whole hell of a long time. Uh, so and and something that you'll notice with all three of my picks are they were all straight from high school to the pros, which doesn't happen anymore. Uh, yeah, but after LeBron. Uh, no, there was two more years after LeBron. It was 05 was the last year of it. I have a stat on it here somewhere. Really? Yeah, I think I, during our KG talk, I think I'll talk more on that. All right. Uh, so, Mario Stoudemire, perfect si- perfect balance of size, speed, and power. Absolutely. Like, he had everything. He could hit the mid-range jumper. He could run the floor. He could play defense. He was the Tracy McGrady of power forwards. I mean, he was – that dude was one of the best power forward center – power centers – that I had ever seen. Well, yeah, he played center a lot for the, those Suns teams because they also had Boris Diaw and Sean Marion. Really, all like I, I liked all Boris of those Diaw. guys on those teams. Boris Diaw um, was fun as fuck. I hated him. I hated him so because the Suns were another team I would play with, and Boris Diaw like he would do these things in real life that just didn't happen in the video game for whatever reason. He couldn't do shit in NBA Live, and it was he's, very frustrating. He's magical, man. Yeah, I, Boris Diaw was a great passer. Uh, not the the fastest person, but he could shoot from outside if he needed to. Uh, I mean, but yeah, I, like twenty pounds he probably could have could have oh, avoided yeah. carrying, and he would have been a much more agile player. Uh, he, I, he was he was shifty for how big he was. Like, he had he great was, feet. He was pretty dude. agile. Yeah. Oh man, beautiful feet. His his balance was extraordinary. Beautiful. We're back into the thick daddies now. Those beautiful feet. His feet were sexy. Fucking so, <laughs> I always thought Amari was the most fun part of those seven seconds or less Suns teams, and I know like on every one of these episodes we've probably talked about those seven seconds or sun or less Suns teams because they, no, they were one of my it. favorite teams ever. Uh, but Steve Nash, Landro Barbosa, Raja Bell, Joe Johnson was there for a while. Sean Marion, Amari, you know Boris Diaw, all these guys were so much fun to watch, and they worked so well together. Uh, but you know, Amari, he, you know, he'd get you a steal or a block, and then he'd run the floor for just some monstrous alley oop on the other end. He had a solid mid range jumper, great passing skills. He'd had he had a really great spin move on the block. And then something I noticed while watching his highlights, like nine, it's probably not ninety percent, but I said ninety percent. It's probably, but it is probably like seventy five to eighty percent of his highlights are this thing he would do where he'd get the ball. He'd face up to the basket. He'd get about two feet out of the restricted circle at the bottom of the paint. He'd jump as hard and as high as he could into the stratosphere and then just come down with a perfect dunk with the force of an atom bomb. It's it's insane. Like, go watch one of his 10-minute highlight packages. Seriously, most seven minutes of it are that exact play. That's just all he would do. He's a straight-up sniper. Yeah, like the, and it, not in the sense from shooting from long range, but no, from, that dude. from jumping into oh, long range and then j- jamming on everybody. Just fucking slamming it on people. He uh, so I love much his glasses too. Him. Yeah, the glasses, glasses were always good. I love uh, that shit. You know, he he was the next Sean Kemp, and I think he knew better than to get too fat like Sean Kemp eventually did. And um, but he didn't get that chance because he blew out his knee. 
I think he put too much weight on, like in, in this in like muscle. I think well, he so, put too much muscle on. So what happened is he, he blew out one knee, and then he came back and blew out the other knee, which is usually what happens because you start favoring the other knee, and it and it happens. Um, and then he's he was just never really the same. But he did he had some of those you know stratosphere atomic bomb dunks still on the Knicks, and I even saw one like when he was with the Mavs, which was like I want to say like 2017. Ugh. So like he was still out there doing it every once in a while. Uh, he did try his hand in a dunk contest as well in, in 2004 and 2005. Uh, he didn't win, and he really didn't even do that well. But, you know, I got to give him some props for he got a uh, a header alley-oop from Steve Nash and a rainbow kick alley-oop from Steve Nash, which which were great dunks. Well, another part of his game that he was really good at was taking those those quick spit, like the baby hook. Yeah, like him and Pau Gasol, quick spin into the middle and just, just baby hooking that baby here. right yep. in. Shit was beautiful, and he had great ball control with those. That dude had the biggest hands. Yeah, well, was no, just KG had the biggest hands. Well, I mean, yeah, there's that. KG, KG's insane. Like we're gonna talk about KG in a minute, but one thing back to his injury, like I don't ever get, and we see it with Blake Griffin right now, how these guys they have these good mid range games, right? Like, Amari Stoudemire is great at getting to the basket, but he could also shoot from mid-range. He could hit a three if he really needed him to. Same with Blake Griffin. Uh, but then, all of a sudden, you know, they, they tear their ACL or whatever. Their speed and jumping ability is diminished. And now, they, all of a sudden, they can't hit mid-range jumpers anymore? I don't get that. Do they just, do they just like, forget that it's okay to take a jumper? Are they being guarded differently? Like, what's going on there is what I, I don't understand. The, I Honestly, I think it just hurts. Yeah, it could be like you, you get that little bit of pressure in your when you're going up. But I, like, I feel like as many shots as these guys take in practice and everything, they, they would become accustomed to that. The only thing I could really come up with with uh, is that the defenders are now they now close out harder on them because, you know, they know they can't get to the hoop as easily anymore. They're not going to blow by you and do that, you know, just straight up and down jam on you anymore. So now the defenders can get right up in their face. They can guard that mid-range shot a little bit better where in the past, before the knee injuries, they had to play off you because they, they know you could go by them or that you'd be dunking on them soon enough if, if they didn't give you that step. So maybe that's what made they just have more open jumpers before. I don't know. But I think it's more apprehension. I mean, mm-hmm. there's got to be some kind of fear that they're going to tear some shit again. Yeah, there's that too. That's that's fair. All right, so let's talk KG. Are we ready KG. for KG? Gee, that Big dude. Ticket. Man, he could do it all. I loved having his jersey. I used to wear that shit all the time. I never had a jersey, but he he was my first favorite player. Uh, like, real favorite player. Like, everybody's favorite player was Jordan in the 90s. But then, you know, I'm 12, 13, kind of, like, really starting to watch games and really starting to see what's going on. KG was my guy. Oh, man. He, uh... <clears throat> I did have his shoes. Like, I didn't have his jersey, but I had the, the KG shoes at one point. I I got his jersey because I I mean I had to pick a favorite player after after Jordan, and naturally KG was it. Yeah. Him and Tracy T Mac. Yeah, T Mac wasn't quite there yet. Yeah. Right. I, so I, KG had that had that because he came in the league in '98, and uh, T Mac came in in like '01. But T Mac wasn't. Really? Yeah, '95. Straight out of high school. Yeah, I know that. No way. He's like, I'm going to the records, man. I know. I don't believe it. I thought it was like 98. 76. So, yeah, 95 it would have been 19. Damn. All right. Well, I'm wrong there. Okay. 
So, yeah, KG had that run from 95 to, like, 2001 when I think Trace McGrady came in at, like, 90, 99, 2000, something like that. He was at the 2000 dunk contest, so it had to be before that. But KG had a good run before, yeah, 97, 98, before T-Mac got there, which was Yeah, I mean, he was also a player that I kind of wanted to – he was when I was actually really playing basketball. Um you know, I was pretty fucking young, but I've been playing basketball. I played basketball forever, mm. and he was just so nasty in the fucking paint, dude. Oh my god! Absolutely. For a, a tall, skinny ass dude. I was so looking at KG. strong though, and so ridiculous, man. And that motherfucker could yell like crazy. I used to love listening to his commentary on the court when they catch yeah. a hot mic. What's up, bitch boy? <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah, he's got he's got tenacity, he's got skill, and most importantly, he's got those tra- trash talking chops. So uh, he's every nasty. opponent's nightmare. I mean, he was. If Kevin Durant never came into the league, I would say KG was a like a one off. But then Kevin Durant came into the league. He was like a prototype, K, you know. Yeah. KD. Well, KG, he he KD. was really. Well, and Chris Bosh is kind of that too. But, and, and KG, I think, was the, the first guy to really be able to stretch the floor. He could really devastate you from outside. At Being a four with how strong and how powerful he was in the paint, he could hit shots from outside. He could drive past you if you if you tried to get in his face from outside. He was, he was the first one that really started stretching the floor um, from the four position. And, you know, it took the game a while to kind of catch up to what KG was able to do. You know, and then Duncan comes in, and Duncan, you know, he's a mid-range guy. He can't stretch the floor quite as long. Yeah, Uh, he wasn't uh, nearly as athletic as KG. Yeah, right. So, but that's my argument for who the other, like the actual other best power forward ever is, is is Duncan. Oh, absolutely. Because he's got the championships, and because he was so good for so long. But I think I think KG's skill trumps Duncan's skill. I I would take KG on his best day over Duncan on his best day. I 100% agree with you because Tim Duncan had a better team and better coach around him. Pretty much every yeah, year. Yeah, I mean, Garnett's dragging fucking Troy Hudson and Wally Zerbiak to the playoffs every year. <laughs> Wally Zerbiak. I loved Wally Zerbiak, man. The Zerbs. Well, I mean, it. That was. I think KG was really like the first player that. Uh, that's not necessarily true. I was gonna say the first player that walked onto that court and was like, "This is my court." Every no, night. Yeah, he definitely wasn't and the first player to be that. But you got you got to take this shit from me, dog, because I yeah. feel like he punked out. Everybody he played with. He threw some nasty-ass bows, too. His oh, yeah. shit was sliding he in. Was, he wasn't the first straight out of high school, but he was. I think he was responsible for the surge that happened in the late 90s and early 2000s that led to people like LeBron and Amari Stoudemire and Josh Smith coming into the league. And it's it's crazy how good and how ready he was right out of high school. Oh, absolutely. And how I mean, big and strong. Like, it's one thing for LeBron to come out. Like, LeBron, in 2003, when he came out, was nowhere near what LeBron was in his actual prime from like a strength and speed and ability standpoint. Like LeBron was ready, but he didn't have the, he didn't have the strength to, to carry his team to the playoffs. KG did right when he came into the league. Like he was, he was not going to be denied. Yeah. He was a grown man. He was a fucking, yeah. He had some hair on his chest. He was a goddamn man. And he really didn't get much bigger. That's what's hilarious. I think he has, well, LeBron has natural strength. Uh, a little bit like he's he's just such a lean player and his mm. man his defense like he'd get that real low squat and he'd yep. just 
so quick. And and so for our younger listeners, I, I just want to point this out. If players were allowed to go from high school directly into the NBA anytime prior to 2005 season, as long as they were at least 18 years old. Uh, Moses Malone was the first player to ever make the jump, and Amir Johnson was the last player to ever make the jump, taken in the second round of the 2005 draft. So, fun fact for everyone to learn today. Fun fact. So, I, I always thought LeBron was, the, I thought that was the last class too, was the 03 class, but 05 actually was, because that's Josh Smith, it's J.R. Smith, it's Amir Johnson. J.R. Smith was drafted right out of high school? Yep. Well, so I was watching this dunk contest earlier. It was the it was the 04 high school uh, McDonald's All American dunk contest, and it was J.R. Smith, Josh Smith, Candace Parker, and Darius Washington Jr. who never made anything out of himself. Uh, and the whole time they're going, "Oh, J.R. Smith is going to North Carolina. He's going to play with Rashawn McCants and all this other stuff." And it's like, nope, he did not go to North Carolina. Went straight to the NBA, looking yeah. dumb as fuck. I mean, he's been playing for 20 years, so. I think I mean, he did he all look right. dumb as fucking play for 20 years. He's won a few championships. Motherfucker. I like J.R. Smith. Quit refuting every point I'm trying to make. <laughs> it's rude. You're making me look bad. <laughs> yeah, Garnett, absolute freaking nature. Uh, yeah, I, I wore number 21 of him. I had a pair of his shoes. Or I wore number 21 in basketball because of him. I had a pair of his shoes. It did really bother me that Duncan was also number 21. Because like I hated Duncan, I hated the 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 big fundamental of Duncan, you know. And I mean, and Duncan's a great player, and I can yeah. admit that now in my maturity. But as a kid, nobody wants to watch Tim Duncan play. He's boring. He's yeah. boring as fuck to watch, man. And he's and he's not nearly as smooth as Garnett. Garnett's poetry in motion. Yeah, it's unreal when he's when he's on, he's on. And he was never really a big scorer. He was just yeah, he an was all around extraordinary basketball player. I mean, he was putting up twenty a game. That's not really all that big of a score when you think for, about I it. I think for a big man it is. I mean, yeah. Like Hakeem Olajuwon isn't out there putting up 30 a game either. No, I'm not. Yeah, that's fair. We'll talk more about Hakeem Olajuwon next time. But uh, KG was the reason I got into basketball cards for a long time there because they had those. Do you remember those cards where they cut up jerseys and put yep. a little piece of their jersey on it? Yep. I, you remember that commercial with KG? Maybe. Oh man, you'll have to look that up. It yeah. was early 2000s. I, if I and... saw it, I would probably remember it. I had a, I think I had a KG rookie card at one point. Oh, I, I still have a KG rookie card. My brother probably has it now. He, I got all the action figures. He got all the, the cards. That's fair. Yeah. Actually, no. If you had Pokemon cards, and shits would be worse. I don't have some... any Pokemon cards. Oh fuck. We weren't that big of nerds. Nerd. I still never dug out that picture of me with oh, my yeah. Pokemon red, missing two front teeth. I'll, I'll find it tonight. Um, and. And everyone remembers KG on the Celtics winning championships, like in the, and I don't even know if that was his prime, but they were so good. And, you know, anything is possible and all that, but (laughs) you forget how dominant he was in Minnesota. I'm sorry, I forgot about anything is possible. Anything is possible. (laughs) But the point I'm making here is how dominant he was in Minnesota. He won the league MVP in 2004. You know, like I said, he carried several of, of these Wolves teams who their next best players Wally Zerbiak for most of those years and, you know no hate on Zerbs but it's tough when he's your only help let's I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna run through a couple accolades that Kevin Ooh, Garnett has because I, I, I you do the accolades because I got the actual fun stuff after that he was a 15 time NBA all-star 15 out of 21 seasons yep and, that the, is... and the six he didn't make it were probably those the last six 
the, it was the a Nets couple of last Wolves run. It was his first couple early seasons. Oh really? And then yeah, his uh ninety five, ninety six. Uh I don't I don't recall. I think he won defensive rookie of the I, year. Yeah, I know he won defensive um, player of the year a couple times. So he was an all star ninety seven, ninety eight, two thousand through two thousand eleven and twenty thirteen. Um, he was a nine-time NBA All-Defensive First Team from 2005, 08, 09, and 2011. So a little later in his career, he had to mature a little bit more. So he, he was on the court more because I felt like he got called for a shitload of fouls. Um, yeah, well, and on those Celtics teams, he wasn't needed to be the bruiser. You know, they had Big Baby Davis down there. They had Kendrick Perkins. He, he really changed his game during those Celtics years and it was it was very interesting to watch because it was he was a more mature player yeah and and he was just he he was a smarter player all of a sudden it it wasn't just ferociousness for the sake of ferociousness he was he was picking his spots a little bit better and 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 making plays more I mean he could be what he is naturally gifted at which when you have Ray Allen Paul Pierce you know you got you got fucking help Rashad Rondo, man. Oh my god, how could love I forget? Rondo is probably my favorite point guard of all time. He, Fucking he love was Rondo. on my list when we did point guards uh, way back in episode like 26. Rondo is the man. He's a crazy motherfucker, but he's a man. Uh he was also a three-time NBA All-Defensive Second Team in 06, 07 and 12 and four-time rebounding champion. That's my shit. He was he was a whole lot bigger than Dennis Rodman, but I'm all oh, about yeah. the rebounds. The boards are my shit. So now that we got that out of the way, boring stat guy. That boring numbers that I do for a living. Let's talk about how he would just eviscerate opponents mentally with his trash talk. Oh, my God. He would make people – I'm sure at least – they should do a 30 for 30 on Kevin Garnett and how many grown men he made cry. Uh, well, so I was watching a bunch. I, I was glad you were a little bit late today because I got I got to watch the rest of the the YouTube videos that I had saved of just it was just KG. I had watched all the highlights, so now I need the KG trash talking highlights. And there he made Big Baby Davis cry. Uh, Andre Blatt she made cry. Uh, there was another one that I saw that it, it was crazy. Uh, he started beef with Joe Kim Noah in Noah's first ever game. Uh, you know he's Joe Kim Noah's idol his whole time growing up, and Noah like tried to say something nice to KG and. Uh, K- KG wasn't there for it. He basically told him to fuck off. And no, like he's like, who the fuck are you talking to? He's like, who the fuck are you talking to me? Who the fuck are you talking to? Oh, God, man, I can't. I and can then really like, no one never spoke to him again. I wouldn't either. There Imagine a, being the ugliest dude in the world, and your idol just told you to like, fucking you take, kick rocks. Stop taking shots at my boy Noah. Dog, I love Joakim Noah, but how can you not? You got to be real with yourself. Oh, I, I know he's ugly. Uh, there was also Say this with thing me. with Steven Adams. I <laughs> guess in, in, in Steven Adams' rookie year, uh, he's Australian, so KG tried to say some shit to him, and uh, Steven Adams played the uh, I don't speak English card. He's like, huh? Okay. And KG just never talked to him again. I'm surprised KG didn't just kick him straight in the nuts. Like, fucking foreigner! Uh, so he also once allegedly called Charlie Villanueva a cancer patient, and uh, for those of you who don't know, Charlie Villanueva suffers from alopecia, where you can't grow hair on your body. Uh, so he he looks like uh, you know somebody who's had cancer who's gone through chemotherapy. Uh, you know, KG later tried to cover his tracks on this, saying you know he said he was like a, a locker room cancer, he was a cancer to his teammates kind of thing, and but 
Villanueva has always stuck with that story that he called him a cancer patient. Nah, I gotta believe Villanueva here. I mean, yeah. I don't know. That sounds very cagey. Oh, dude, that's totally cagey. That's probably the one he chose to say because it didn't have 15 expletives in it. Yeah, right. What's up, you fucking puss? Get the fuck away from me, motherfucker. So he's that also... Dude, I heard... Oh. oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I heard that dude say fuck on live television more than I can remember. Oh, So yeah. many times a mic oh, would yeah. catch him saying fuck. So the the last one is probably the most important. Uh, one time, allegedly again, he told Carmelo Anthony that his wife, who was uh, Lala from MTV, tasted like Honey Nut Cheerios. Damn! And that led to a whole thing. Carmelo Anthony tried to like meet him outside the locker room, and I guess Lala and Paul Pierce have both come out and said that he never said it. And again, I, like I don't believe that. I'm sorry. Dog, I, I bet I, he did. I think say. he said. Well, the thing I was watching is like he had to he had to say something that bad for Carmelo. Carmelo Anthony went after they both got technicals. Like he went after him for the rest of that game, and then he's sitting there waiting outside the locker room. Like you've got to say something really bad to get one of these guys. Because they hear this shit all the time. And I guess uh, Jordan Crawford, who was a Celtics benchwarmer at the time, tried to also tell Carmelo Anthony that he fucked his wife. And I was just like, Jordan Crawford, you, you sit down. You sit this one out. You sit this one down. I mean, there was a whole thing after Delonte West banged LeBron's mom. Oh, Delonte West. Yeah. LeBron straight up made that dude homeless. He made him crazy. LeBron's like, I'm literally uh, going to. I don't know to... that he made him crazy, but he, he's definitely mm-hmm. a contributing factor. You think LeBron? He's like, all right. Here's what your job is. I'm, gonna give you 50K I'm just going to start spiking your water bottle with PCP for the next three months. Yeah, here's a gift of a pound of PCP, and I'm going to have these people call you 300 times a day. So don't sleep. It's it's a lot of fun that KG's an analyst now, but I just don't think anything's ever going to live up to his shit talking as a player. Is it bad that? Have you seen you, – you've seen Family Guy before, right? Yes. You know Blackie Weatherton? Mm. It's going to rain. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That reminds me of KG as a, an analyst. <laughs> he no, slammed KG's that pretty good. K, KG, when he slows down and tries to do it, he's very good at being an analyst. Uh, but oh, yeah, one last thing I want to talk about like with his actual highlights, when when I'm watching these highlight packages, and, and a lot of them are, are his blocks because he was such a tenacious defender, he would go up for these blocks and he'd just snatch the ball out of the air one hand and it was this crazy thing to watch because he'd go up with such force that you think he's going to send it into the top row in the stands and then just all of a sudden you'd look down and it would still be in his hand because he'd just go up one-handed and just like palm it Cup out of it, nowhere yeah. and still just like come down with it. I'm not even talking like because he does the thing, you know, after the, the buzzer rings and somebody throws up a shot or like a whistle blows and somebody throws up a shot just to like get a shot up. He always does the thing where he blocks it. But, like, these are in games he's just jumping straight up and grabbing the ball out of the air like it's a fucking ping pong ball. It was crazy. It's crazy to watch. His hands are freakishly big. Yeah. You got anything else on KG? I don't, man. I I fanboyed enough over that thick boy. One of of my favorite parts of watching, especially the three people I picked, uh, uh, watching the highlights of them, was that all three of them were in their primes at around the same time or at least some part of their prime you know between 2002 and 2008 so there's all these highlights of them but then there's also highlights of them making each other look silly like Kevin Garnett gets a dunk it's on Josh Smith Josh Smith gets a dunk it's on Amari Stoudemire now Amari Stoudemire has got a dunk it, it was never on Kevin Garnett I don't think uh, the, they might have blocked him a couple times but yeah, uh, so he packed yeah, but, his cookies 
Amare had a few dunks on Josh Smith. Like it, it was cool to kind of see both sides of it as you're it's going just, through. It. That's straight up battle. That's like Hector fighting Achilles. It's just really fun to watch those Titanic battles. Like I've mentioned Rodman and fucking Godzilla Parker like ten Kong. times. Still haven't watched that yet. Don't spoil. Oh, I just watched it yesterday. I'm really excited to watch. I want to see Mortal Kombat. Yeah, yeah. That looks dope. I had, I had to get caught. Go over here. I don't, so I got a problem with that in the trailer at least. Maybe they'll fix it in the real movie. The inflection isn't right on "Get Over Here." No, it's, it's like terrible. the one thing you've got to get right. Yeah, you have to get over here. Get over here. Yeah, you got to yeah do something like that. You can't. You can't. I'm Batman. The guy's just like, get over here. Like <laughs> it, it, his get over here. Yeah, his voice is intimidating. It's just it's just not right. Batman would do it right. <laughs> So, all right, what would you Swear do? to me! <laughs> Get over here! My wife's going to be so pissed. She's going to be like, shut the fuck up. So who is your favorite current NBA power forward? All right, I got I got to give this guy his props, his honorable mention. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge. Yeah, just Enjoy literally retirement. just retired like yeah, yesterday. two hours ago. Or was it two hours ago? Yeah, I, I, saw the tweet, I saw the tweet today. It might have been. No, today. he so he played. They played a game yesterday that he played in, and then he had to go to. Like, he's got an irregular heartbeat or something. He said it was bothering him. He went to the hospital after the game. His teammates were really supportive. Blah blah blah. So the the actual retirement, I think, the announcement came today. Okay. So yeah, there's and that. this I'm is a Wednesday, concussed. April fifteenth. Just for anyone who's confused, listening to this on I, a different day. Yes, I feel like it's Wednesday. Um, oh, it is Thursday. It's Thursday, April fifteenth. We usually record on Wednesday. Yeah, I'm all kinds of thrown off. Yeah, but I I had to get him out there. He was really fun to watch. In yeah, his, I like Lamarcus. in his prime, and he he was Not around for a while. Not technically current NBA player though, so don't give me that bullshit. <laughs> uh, okay, if I gotta pick a current, Laurie Markkinen for the Bulls. Ugh. If dude, fuck you, man. If he is if he's healthy, he's easily a top ten power forward. Eh, I don't know about that. The was he Swiss? Uh, yeah, something like that. But he went to college. Sure he was. Yeah, he went to Arizona. Yeah, something like that. I'm pretty sure he went to Arizona. I want to know if I'm right or not because it, my honorable mention is the thick daddy himself, Zion Williamson. Fucking Zion Williamson. He's, he's a beefy dude, but he is so powerful and yet somehow so graceful, and can just jump out of the gym all at the same What's time. Arizona? It is. It doesn't make any sense. He's a swoller LeBron. Like, okay, his body is what prime LeBron's body was the but, second like, he came out of college. Yeah, but but he looks big. Yeah, he like, looks LeBron chunky. has never looked big. LeBron has always fit in his, his body. When I say LeBron never looked big, like, obviously if I was staying next to him, he is massive. But he he looks like a tight end, Right. And and that's 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 the build and body type you want as a NBA small forward powerful. Yeah. Zion Zion looks like a left guard, but moves like a running back. It's insane. I I don't get it. He moves like, oh man, he he moves like a boxer almost. Like yeah, he's so that's a good comparison. Shifty Much and better smooth. Than the last comparison you made. But it's like fuck you, man. But it's like Aaron Donald playing basketball. Just that. F- but I've seen Aaron Donald play basketball. He doesn't move like that on a basketball court. No, but he's swole like Zion. Zion yeah. Williamson probably hardly has to work out 
and if he does, he he's got to be careful because he'll gain too much weight because he'll get too jacked. Yeah, you don't want that. Uh, my my other pick here is Pascal Siakam from the Raptors. Okay, no. I, th- I th- yeah. thought that's who you were talking about. I wasn't positive. Has he's, he done shit in the past year? I don't know that he's done anything recently, but he, you know he had a couple. They had a good run a couple years ago, and I think he where he was going was the next evolution of of KG and Tim Duncan. He's he's taken the four out of the stretch four, and now he can just play all over the court. He can guard anybody on defense. He can score from anywhere on the court, and he he's just when he's good. I think he got hurt maybe last year too. When he's good, he's a lot of fun to watch because he can do everything so well and move around the court so well. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. I think I just don't think he's ever going to be put a him up star. over Markkanen. Yeah, I probably would too. Uh, yeah. Well, I I think it's hard to be a star in Toronto. Also, Kyle Lowry's never really made that jump. Like Kyle Lowry's really good, never made the jump to being a star. Demar Derozan, same thing, was really good and really productive in Toronto, but nobody's like, oh yeah, Demar Derozan, let's go watch him play. I mean, people in Texas are. Well, now they are. People in Toronto then were. Yeah, they were like, psh, psh, psh. Pascal Siakam's like a, a little bit more athletic Andre Karolinko. I love that name. Yeah, it's a good name. That's why I brought it up again. We didn't get to talk enough about Andre Karolinko earlier. Let's talk about Pascal, but whatever. Oh, Pascal Siakam. Yeah, good name too. It's a great name. If I have a son, I'm going to name him that. Pascal Siakam Richardson. Fucking it's a little right. weird, but alright. People would be like, dude, you're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> you got anything like, else yeah, on power so forwards? Besides, you know, how great of a power forward you were back in your day. No, I played center. Because uh, I literally would not take shots. Like, I would get maybe four to six points a game all purely off just putbacks. Nice. I, so. I was a point guard, and, and I didn't get any shots up either, so... That's fine. I was a, I was a you distributor. Were, you were a disher. Yeah. I could see Run the it. offense. Get people where they need to be. I could see you talking a lot of shit too. No. No, I never like I I was too focused. Um and like I I, I everything was always kind of blocked out in my mind. I I didn't hear things. I didn't see things. Like I I only saw what needed to be seen. Yeah. And it wasn't like, but I would like, so my junior, when I sat the bench most of the, most of the time, I would talk mad shit on the bench. But I I didn't have anything to focus on. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Uh, It's like your role on the, when you, whenever you run the bench, that's your role. By that time I I had gotten like, we had built up kind of these, some of these rivalries with the other teams and I, and I knew a lot of the players on the other teams by that time. So yeah, that, that was always. All right. Power forwards. That was it. This is our shortest episode in a long time. Good job. It really is. Yeah, we rocked that shit. Thank you for listening. You can check us out on Twitter at APA something at alone underscore podcast. Buy the merch. This podcast isn't going to be around much longer. you got to get your merch while it's still hot. So, I mean, it's always going to be there for you to get, but you want to get it now. It's hot right now. Yeah, it's hot right now. Uh, That's at tpublic.com. Just search for a podcast about something. You will find us. And uh, shout out to those. Wait, we're not going to do those cats yet. If you're ready for the next adventure from me, Calvin, after a podcast about something, go head over to at Magic3TVPod on Twitter. Follow me there for all the latest on the Magic Numbers 3 podcast coming sometime 2021.
And now, is the okay. three a number three or is a number three magic for the listeners? Magic number three TV pod. Dope. Yeah, thank you for that. Th- thank you for that clarification. The logos are up. The logos done. Uh, the guy who did the podcast about something one uh, did this one for me too. His name's Vincent. Great guy. Good artwork. Uh, so yeah, go check it out. And uh, as always, the music for a podcast about something is fried by those cats. You gotta stay sassy. Stay classy.